Welcome to Engineering Career Journeys, brought to you by Australia-wide Engineering Recruitment. This is a podcast series where we interview prominent senior engineers from across Australia and delve deeper into their career journeys and how they got where they are today. We hope that this will inspire and assist up-and-coming engineers in planning their own careers. Now over to your host, David Armstrong, General Manager of Australia-wide Engineering Recruitment. Hello and welcome to today's conversation with Evelyn Storey. Evelyn is Oricon's Managing Director for Queensland, responsible for leading 700 people together with the financial and operational performance of the business. Evelyn is a structural engineer and has had extensive involvement in the design and delivery of built environment projects, both here in Australia and overseas. Her project experience includes transport hubs, commercial, health, education, residential and retail buildings. Evelyn has a passion for architectural structures and strives for an innovative and creative design approach to the challenges of built environment projects. Evelyn is a current board member and deputy chair of the Board of Professional Engineers of Queensland and a member of the Structural College Board of Engineers Australia. Thanks very much, Evelyn, for agreeing to join with us today. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about your career journey. Thanks, David, and I'm very pleased to be here. Evelyn, what originally interested you to become a structural engineer? Look, to be honest, David, I I don't really know. I come from an all-girl family, only sisters in the family. I went to an all-girls school, and engineering wasn't high on the agenda for most of my peers at school. I was the first person in my family, certainly my immediate family, to go to university. So I don't have any engineering role models as such. However, I did enjoy science and math subjects at school. And when I started looking into degrees and what I might study at university, I really liked the idea of a civil engineering degree. So that mixture of analytical, theoretical subjects and practical. So mixing structural engineering analysis with surveying courses and geology. And I I really liked that. So that's why I selected a civil engineering degree, which is what most structural engineers have. And then look, once I was at university, that reinforced that I really enjoyed the subject. I certainly specialised in structural engineering subjects at uni, although my final year thesis was actually in looking at the effects of wave structures, wave forces on offshore structures. And I thought I would go into offshore engineering, but I graduated in the late 80s in the middle of the start of a recession and that industry wasn't hiring. So I was very fortunate to get a job in building structures instead, in the design of building structures. And it turned out I absolutely loved that. I love working collaboratively with architects to come up with really effective and beautiful building structures. And that's where I've worked for the last 30 years. That's been the core of my career is building structures. So it was a bit fortuitous, but I'm happy I got here. If you could go back, would you make the same choice again? Knowing what I know now, yes, it turns out the design of buildings and that collaboration, I think the creativity of engineering, of certainly of structural engineering, coming up with a structure that's both efficient and really needs to look good and be used by building users is such a challenging career. It's been so enjoyable. I'd do it again. Yes, definitely. Fantastic. What was the biggest turning point which helped to progress your career? Look, I don't think there's one single turning point, but I can certainly think of an example where I had been probably working about six years into my career. I just got chartered. So I was 
I was beginning to get a little bit settled, but I decided to mix it up. And I took an opportunity to go and work for London Underground, actually, as a project manager. And I thought I'd be interested in finding out more about project management and learning those skills. And I worked there for a couple of years. And although I enjoyed that, it made me realize that I was definitely much more interested in the process of engineering design as opposed to managing that process. I love the creativity of engineering design. And so after that, I returned back to engineering consultancy and it really reinforced my love of my original career choice. And I didn't look back from there, really. So I was glad I took that opportunity to try something different, but it also helped reinforce that I had made the right decision in the first place. Must have been a really interesting project to work on in regards to the underground system there in London. Yes, well, at that time, and we're talking about the early 90s here, that was the Crossrail project, which, if you're aware of what's going on in London, is about to be opened. There were two iterations of that project, um, a bit of a full start, and that was the version of the project that I was involved with, those very early days. So, yeah, really interesting to be involved with that project. And I follow the Crossrail project from Australia very carefully because of my involvement back in the day. But, yes, although I, I really enjoyed being involved with that project, and I was glad I tried out project management. It made me realize that I really wanted to be designing those sorts of projects and not managing project overall. Sure, sure. Have there been any resources that have really helped you along your journey? I think I've always tried to be involved with industry bodies and making use of their resources. So obviously, getting chartered as soon as I could was a key part of that so that I was a member of an institution. So in the UK, that was the Institution of Structural Engineers and the Institution of Civil Engineers. And now in Australia, that's Engineers Australia and the Board of Professional Engineers of Queensland. And I think those are great resources to get technical information, uh, to make connections with people who can give you advice along the way. So I think I always encourage younger engineers that I interact with to make full use of that broad network of cohort of, of engineers through those industry bodies. They've been a great help to me, certainly. And have you had many mentors? And if so, how much have they helped you? I actually can genuinely say I've never had a formal mentoring relationship with a mentor myself, but I've had many role models and sort of ad hoc, yeah, ad hoc role models that I've lent on during my career. So early on in my career, there were a couple of very senior practitioners, first organization I worked for, who I really admired. They were very capable, very eminent structural engineers, but also very humble and very respectful of the teams they worked for. And and I really aspired to really bring that sort of humbleness and devotion to learning my craft, I think. Um, I certainly wouldn't put myself up there as being at the top of the tree in terms of eminence in structural engineering, but I think really mastering my craft, they were great role models for me. And as my career has progressed, I've certainly looked to role models and connections outside my immediate organisation who have been again, role models for me in terms of leadership and developing my skills in that regard. So, and I've certainly reached out to them for one-on-one -on -one meetings or advice all throughout my career. So although they haven't been a formal mentor, I have many people who've helped me along the way. And I am actually a mentor to five different people at the moment at various different stages of their career. So I have five mentees and I really, you know, I hope I'm giving them good advice and the benefit of my career. Uh, so trying to give back in, in that regard as well. Terrific. 
Terrific. Having a wide, diverse network has been very important for you? Absolutely. I am a, a really strong believer in not narrowing your focus just down to your field. And I've taken that approach throughout my career in terms of assignments I've tried to be involved with, projects I've been involved with, grabbing on to those opportunities when they've come up, if they, they haven't necessarily been directly, you know, the next big structural engineering project, but perhaps a slightly sideways, like a business opportunity, uh, the chance to lead an internal business process, for example. And it's been the same with my industry connections. I've reached out both to senior engineers, but also leaders in other types of business. So lawyers and an accountant I can think of who've been very influential on on just helping me think about how to approach a particular leadership challenge. So, yeah, I think we all learn from getting that wide variety of inputs. Absolutely. How important have postgrad studies been for you? Oh, very important in actual fact. I've got a diploma of engineering management that I, I took two years alongside my career. I'm trying to think how far in I was. That was about six years, six or seven years into my career. My plan was actually to study for an MBA, actually. And so I did the first two years, which got me the diploma. But then maternity leave got in the way of that. And I never quite went back to it. But certainly those first two years for the diploma were very useful. But I've also taken postgraduate certificates in law and in um, computer programming, coding in the first sort of 10, 12 years of my career. And much more recently, I have focused on leadership studies. Right now, I'm actually undertaking a certificate in executive leadership with Cornell University in the US, which will finish next month, which I'll be um, quite relieved about. And I've actually, over the last three years, I've been enrolled in something that's called the Oricon Design Academy, which is something that Oricon runs, a program they run for for senior practitioners who've mastered their craft, I suppose, like me in my structural engineering career, but broadens our expertise in things like leadership and research skills and storytelling and building a brand and developing high-performing teams through lessons learned, for example. So very much broadening out your skills. And these things take time. You know, you've got to invest, you know, your personal time. But if you want to be, you know, as good as you possibly can be, that's really what you have to do. So I really do encourage all of my teams that I talk to, to invest time. We're all busy, but invest their time where they can in developing their skills and that investment in them will not go wrong. It sounds like continual improvement is a very important part of your journey. It is. I'm a big believer in that lifelong learning. And I I think many in technical careers, engineers have always, you know, have a passion for understanding how things work and trying to improve them. The same goes for ourselves. We need to invest in that time and and continue to improve ourselves. Yeah. So personal development has also been an important uh, element for you. Oh, absolutely. And look, that certificate in leadership that I'm undertaking at the moment is really stretching my, uh, I suppose, getting me out of my comfort zone getting me thinking more broadly about my skills and that personal development. So, yes. Sounds like you've got a lot going on, Evelyn. Time management, it must be a skill of yours. Yes, I must admit, over Christmas when I was... So, so this course I'm currently undertaking started last November and, as I said, we'll finish in the next few weeks. You know, I was sitting there through the Christmas break working on an assignment piece that we'd been given, thinking, why am I doing this to myself? You know, (laughs) I should be relaxing. But I think um, that investment time in yourself is worth doing. So I do try and schedule that. We're always so busy and, you know, working on our clients' problems and our businesses 
But actually, you've got to find that time, schedule in your own personal development time and invest just as much in your career as you do in your clients' problems. Requires a lot of self-discipline. It does. Time management skills are something I think you learn early on in engineering project delivery anyway. So it's a matter of of scheduling that in. You know, it makes you better able to then uh, actually deliver in your professional day job as well. Sure, sure. What's been the toughest challenge in your career and how did you overcome it? Oh, look, there have been many. Sometimes I say to some of, of the younger engineers that I work with, sometimes you you look up at, at you know senior people in the business and think they've just had a, you know, this golden career path where it's been, you know, one success after another. And whether that's, you know, the projects they're working on or, you know, they apply for a particular role and they just get it and um, it looks like it's uh, it's one straightforward path, but really nothing could be further from the truth. I think Every career is littered with setbacks and things that don't quite go as you planned. But if I think of um, you know, a particular challenge that stands out for me, I think it was my decision to move uh, countries. So my husband and I decided to move from the UK to Australia back in 2003 when our children were very young. Originally, we had thought that would be for two or three years change of scenery. I had the opportunity for a particular job out here with Oricon, one of the predecessor companies. And we're still here. So we're obviously staying sort of 17 years on. But I think really leaving behind, you know, I was 15 years into my career then, leaving behind those networks you've built up, that credibility that you've got, your client base, leaving all of that behind and starting afresh in a completely different country where you don't have any of that. And you don't even know, you're not really familiar with how an industry does business. There are different ways, uh, different contractual relationships, different ways that people win business here that was different to what I was used to in the UK. That was a big challenge for me. And I had to take a bit of a step back. I had been a quite a senior leader in my organization in the UK. And stepping back into a more technical role, back into the project world, was quite challenging. But in a way, was I couldn't have planned it better because I had to get right into hands-on delivering projects, becoming familiar with the codes of practice, talking to building contractors and learning again how things were delivered here really set my credibility to move forward. And obviously, you know, I was able to demonstrate that I knew what I was talking about, that I could deliver on projects, and I was able to move forward and take leadership roles quite quickly. But I think getting myself out of my comfort zone uh, and doing that, and I, I still recommend to anyone who's listening to think about those really getting out of the comfort zone and, and looking geographically or even a different industry to test yourself, to learn something new, and really have to think about what the value proposition you're bringing to that role is. Learn new skills. It won't come in wrong. And and certainly, whenever I look at senior roles in, in our own business or elsewhere, it's not unusual for senior leaders to have done that, to have taken, maybe they've traveled, they've moved location, they've taken assignments in other countries. I mean, clearly, travel is not that easy right now. But even looking at interstate opportunities or just different industries, well worth challenging yourself, I think, and and seeing what growth comes from that. Pushing one's boundaries is something that you encourage young people to do? Absolutely. I think, yeah, I'd certainly say getting out of the comfort zone, testing what you can do. It can be very easy to look for the next step. The next logical step might be there right in front of you. But if that's quite easy for you or is a safe space, you won't get nearly as much learning as taking maybe a sideways move into a a slightly different market or a project that's going to be very challenging. But you will learn so much more from doing that than just the safe option. 
Great advice. Great advice. What's a current typical day look like for you? Oh, look, there is no standard day. So although, you know, I am a structural engineer by discipline, my day job is an operational role at the moment for Oricon. So I lead our business here in Queensland. I'm also part of our ANZ leadership team for Oricon. So from a project perspective, I'm more likely to be involved in steering committee type roles or maybe peer reviews of a particular project rather than being involved in the day-to-day delivery these days. But I still like to get involved, as I said, with peer reviews. Maybe there's a particular problem or challenge on a project and I'll get called in for that. I'm also likely to have on an operational side of things, maybe I'm catching up with our commercial manager to look at project performance, or maybe our people, the human resources team, particular workforce planning, recruitment, or, or particular people issues. Or I might have a meeting with our, um, our ANZ leadership team where we're developing strategy for our business as a whole. And then I'm, I'm the line manager of our leadership team here. So maybe catching up with one or two of them uh, to look at particular issues in their team. So that's our, you know, our industrial engineering team or our building engineering team, our transportation team, water team. So, I mean, although I'm a structural engineer, I now have wonderful exposure to all these different markets and I'm learning so much about those particular fields that I, that I haven't worked in in my career in the past, uh, but it's so interesting because I'm being exposed to, to the challenges of those markets and, and their projects uh, for clients. And then finally, I might have a client catch up, either to understand about the particular challenges they're facing and how we can help them, or maybe they've got a particular, you know, it's just a general relationship catch up. So it's a very broad role. I love it. No one day is the same. Some days I find myself sitting in meetings all day. Other days it can be quite technical and I'm looking at projects and it's a chance to to stretch my engineering brain and uh, and get involved with problem solving there so yeah you really you really cherish the diversity of of the role absolutely I mean I think engineering is diverse anyway I think you talk to anyone who's who's actually delivering engineering projects and they will be swinging from those analytical modeling concept design delivery maybe they're planning their projects and and uh, and working out the the schedule and the and the cost of delivering those projects and then they're working with with clients to actually deliver them and solving problems on site or or the likes so i think you know i'm used to that with my engineering background and even though i'm now in an operational role i'm i'm still getting that diversity of of role which is fantastic brilliant if there was something you could look back at and wish you had known when you had started your career what might that be? Look, I think it's probably something I've, I've already touched on, but it's that things don't always go as you plan. So as I said, I think it can be very easy. You're going to step naturally through this, um, take engineering roles, move from being an engineer to a senior engineer, to an associate, to a technical director. There will be this seamless transition like that. Definitely taking opportunities as they arise, even if they're not it doesn't seem to be a logical next step. So, so examples of that, you know, when I was a senior engineer, I think I may have been an associate actually, you know, I had the opportunity to lead a site-based disciplinary engineering design team that was co-located with the client, with the contractor, with the architect and getting the opportunity to be that single point of accountability, learning how to make good decisions, how to collect data, make good decisions, but also then having to lead when things were going wrong, you know, when the schedule was falling behind or problems had occurred. That was daunting and had how I reacted to those, how we as a team reacted and how I led the team through that. 
uh, was definitely an opportunity for me. And I then had another opportunity. We had merged with another company, a much smaller company, but I was given the opportunity to be, I'll call it a merger manager, but go and be uh, to be co-located with the new company that we just acquired and help them stimulate into the business. It really wasn't an engineering role at all. It was a business change management role, but um, very interesting and helped me learn skills now that I can use now in my operational role in how to manage change and and lead a team through through the changes that are happening all the time. So don't, don't necessarily assume that you will have this very linear career progression. Look for those opportunities and grab them when you can. Evelyn, what do you see the future for engineering in Australia? You know, when I look at the challenges that face Australia in terms of climate change and resilience of communities, global pandemics even, but also, you know, the opportunities to transition our resources-based economy across to a future energy one, even space engineering. There are so many challenges ahead of us. And I think we've got the chance, you know, engineering will be at the forefront of solving those. Yes. And there's such opportunity for creativity and innovation in that. It really is the most amazing career choice, engineering. And we've really got to work together as an engineering profession to present that to to those who are in school, to those who are in university, to attract them into the the profession. We're we're certainly in a bit of an arms race, if you like, with the other professions for the best and the brightest. And that's not to say... And we need to attract both genders too, don't we? Oh, absolutely. It is something that um, is certainly at the forefront of of my mind. And we get some amazing female talent joining our business at the undergraduate and graduate level, but making sure they stay with us now through their careers, because they're really, you know, that diversity of thought that, um, that we bring to different problems is what will make us successful. And I mean gender diversity, I mean diversity of education and background, diversity of origin, culture. It's amazing what a diverse team can bring to problem solving. So, yeah, so I see, you know, a very challenging future ahead of Australia, but I think engineering is up to it. If we can get the right people coming into the profession, absolutely. Definitely. We need more engineers here in Australia. We absolutely do. So much as, you know, I have, a, you know, I am admiring of the legal profession and the health profession. I do want the best and brightest to join engineering because that's where we're going to solve these problems. Fantastic. It's been brilliant hearing your insights, Evelyn. Thank you so much. I've got one final question, which I guess is almost a summary. And that question is, can you please offer some advice that you could give a person wanting to pursue a career perhaps similar to yours? Yep, I certainly can. I think it probably relates to something I've already said, but it's look for those stretch assignments. Don't stay in your comfort zone. Look for opportunities that perhaps other people don't want to take on and grab them with both hands and really nail them. I think get a reputation for being a problem solver, for someone who's not afraid to take on challenging assignments, particularly those that are outside maybe the norm. And I think that'll stand you in good stead. It'll certainly develop a great reputation for being a problem solver, which is no bad thing, but it'll also improve your skill set as an engineering professional, that ability to manage change or managing teams in challenging environments or, or to tackle any type of problem, because we don't know what's going to be ahead of us. So the more broad your skill set, the better able you're going to be to build a sustainable career into the future. So, yeah, look for those challenging assignments and grab them with both hands. You won't regret it. Just as you've done. 
I hope I have done, yes. And when I say you won't regret it, I should say there have definitely been times when I've sat there and thought, oh my goodness, what have I done taking this particular problem <laughs> on? But you get through it and you get to the other side yeah. and then you can look back with satisfaction that um, that you've managed to, to solve a problem or deliver a particular project that, that others couldn't. And it certainly overall develops your skill set and just makes you more employable in the future. Sure. And ultimately very rewarding, both personally, professionally. Absolutely. I think you can go home at the end of the day and think, yes, I did that. I've, I've actually made the world a better place today. So, um, so that's good. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Evelyn Story, Oricon's Managing Director for Queensland. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, David. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast episode of Engineering Career Journeys. Please like, subscribe and provide feedback. Australia-wide engineering recruitment can be found at australiawide.com.au or on our LinkedIn page. We look forward to presenting more interviews with interesting engineers shortly.